Hi, I am Jen Matthews, and I'm an adoptee. You're listening to Conversations About Adoption, a podcast where I interview and converse with other adoptees and first parents about their stories and other issues around adoption. My goal is to spread the perspectives of other adoptees and first parents so we can challenge the common narratives and misconceptions of adoption and hopefully shed light on the social justice issues pertaining to adoption, as well as the issues adoptees and first parents face on a regular basis. Okay, so I am talking with Lisa Scott, and you are an adoptee and the filmmaker of the upcoming documentary, All You Have Is Love? That's right. Okay, I just want to make sure, because sometimes I want to say all I have is love, and I'm like, wait, that's not right. There's there's also a subtitle, so it's All You have is love, demand, deception, and the infant adoption industry. <laughs> that spells it out. So tell me about your um, adoption story. Are, are you a, are you, how old are you? I am 63. You do not look it. Oh, uh, well, you know, Zoom is very kind to, to us in that <laughs> way. It's quite, um, you know, it's it's not real stark looking like like some video can be. Yeah. Um, so I was like what I look like on Zoom. But um, but thank you. Thank you. So that um, makes you a baby scoop adoptee as well. It does. It does. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a BSE adoptee. I was born in 1959. Um, so, you know, it, my mom, Gail, was 19 and homeless when I was born. And, uh, you know, she tried as the story goes, she tried for two months to figure something out and to try to find some place to take me to, but was unable. And so she finally relinquished me for adoption. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, um, that's all I, I really know about that. You know, my adoption, I, I always like to tell people, tell it this way, you know, I, I was pretty lucky, um, and that's different from being grateful. I'm not grateful, but I do consider myself a bit lucky because I did fit in pretty well with my adoptive family, and, and they were just good people, you know. Uh, it's funny, they would get a kick out of this because they were often told that they were terrible parents because they really didn't. They tried. They tried their best, but it was hard. And I think because of that, I think that, too, is so instructive, you know, People looked at them and saw the, you know, some of the difficulties that my brother and I, I had an older brother who was also adopted, and people would look at these difficulties we were having and say, wow, they sure aren't, must not be very good parents, you know, adoption is hard. Yeah. And my, my, my adoptive mother came to realize that. And if she were alive today, I'm sure she would be sitting here with us doing this work as well. Um, But what I was, the point I always like to make with that is that as good as, as hard as my parents tried to mitigate, and that's all they can do. That's really all in in my belief. That's really all adoptive parents can do Mm -hmm. is do their best to mitigate Mm -hmm. the damage. Um, You know, it it didn't, I'm sorry. Uh, did you? So did you? All right. Well, this isn't going to be edited. Um, okay. I just got a message. I, I'm going to get some messages. I'm sorry. Things are really popping around here. But um, so, you know, the reason I like to talk about this is to explain to people that just because I had a good adoption, quote unquote, doesn't mean that it fixed everything. No. I still 
I still um, suffered a lot of, of damage from the trauma. Uh, I probably won't don't want to talk about this a lot. It is a big part of my story. But you know, I grew up with a brother who um, had a, had a much worse experience than I did. Uh, he was two years old before he was adopted. And he did not fare so well. You know, my my adoptive mother tried really hard to to love him and to help him. And he ended up dying of a drug overdose at the age of 45. Sorry about that. And he, you know, I said my whole life, you know, that he never stood a chance. And, you know, when he died, I said, um, I, you know, I was really saddened and it was tragic, but I really wasn't shocked, you know. Yeah. Um, so again, a good adopt, that's, this is the result of a good adoption. Okay. It's, it's not, you know, it's, there's always trauma. Yes, exactly. And that's what a lot of people fail to understand, like separating a child from their mother, no matter the circumstance, it's, it's a trauma, you know, because a child doesn't understand. They just know that mom's not there, you know, and you know, like if, if you had, I don't know if you have children or not, but you know, when they're born, they sure as hell know you, you know, yeah, I have two. I have two. like, how can people think that newborns are blank slates? How could people ever think that? Right. You right. know, it, it's troubling to me yeah. that it's like a convenient theory. Right. Right. You know, absolutely. I mean, when I, um, encounter people who, give me the blank stare when I'm trying to explain to them about, you know, why adoption is problematic to put it, to put it gently. And I just look at them finally. And I go, do you have parents? Are you, are you somebody's kid? Do you have kids? I mean, like, and they kind of nod, they get it. I'm like, this is, this is really kind of just a human thing a human understanding of being connected to your family and so when i when i put it like that and and often too i've i've suggested to people you know i say okay well if you don't understand i'd like you to take like one minute just one minute on your own and just think about the fact that you don't know anyone in your family you've now just been removed you you know you don't know your mom your dad your uncle joe your aunt you know, Susie, whoever, all these people that you love, admire, um, that you look like, that you sound like, you now don't know them. They're, they have disappeared. Well, how do you feel? And and that works too. People get yeah. it when when you. But it's I, I don't know why people act like they don't get it sometimes because society has been bombarded by propaganda in the form of Disney movies and. Hallmark Channel movies and news stories of, oh, this five-year-old's getting adopted and they invited their entire kindergarten class. Like, society is bombarded by this positive view of adoption. And as a whole, it's easier to be like, you know what? I want to believe that. It was funny. I saw a young adoptee the other day saying, you know, we're planting seeds. And I'm like, actually, the seeds were planted about 20 or 30 years ago you know, by people like Betty Jean Lifton and stuff. And like, we are the flowers that are coming up because there's more and more of us every day that are being like, hey, society needs to take a closer look at this. Right. You know, absolutely. Um, 
and you know that's what I'm hoping to do with this film. Um, I'm determined, you know, that one of the reasons that I'm have decided to to make this film is that you know I'm honestly tired of hearing people say that they don't know about infant adoption in America, mm-hmm. and I know that they don't. I've you know I've spent my life as an adoptee, and I I know that most people don't understand what we're talking about and what what it's like, and that there's an industry. And I'm just, I really am ready to just tell the truth about infant adoption in America. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, people can make up their own minds, but at least after viewing the film, they won't be able to say that they don't know. Right. Exactly. It's education. And all I can do is hope that people will take it in, you know, and, 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 listen with an open mind and not a bias because to me i find fault in society as a whole and how it chooses to continue to view adoption even though there's like the time article about you know the baby brokers and now this past year there was a 55 page article in the new yorker you know about the aftermath of adoption and this is good but like i think people like tend to have a bias yeah yeah well and I think those articles are good um I mean what I've been thinking about with this film for a long time and what I've been talking with you know my team about and the people the other people I'm working with like articles are great books are wonderful you know online even you know you have a few thousand followers that's you know a film can reach everyone yes i mean really really can reach the masses and that's why i'm choosing to do this and believe me it's not for the faint of heart it's expensive it's hard it's complicated it's challenging but but when you know when we are successful it will be the the um, vehicle where people can really you know the whole world can see it theoretically yeah. and people can understand what is happening the other thing i just want to point out i just kind of want to piggyback on something you said earlier you know i agree with you certainly about the media's uh, approach to adoption it is dismal and it is sensational and i i've hated it my whole life um However, I want to point out that we still are the only country in the world that treats adoption, that handles adoption the way we do. Yep. Every other country in the world, I mean, and there, you know, there are varying degrees. And I'm not here to, you know, give a lecture on, you know, adoption in, in you know, in the world. Mm-hmm. We know that family separation is seen generally as something that should be a last resort. Right. And here, I literally, we literally live in a country where there's no such thing as too many adoptions. I I would like to say that again. We live in a country where there's no such thing as too many adoptions. There's no federal oversight. Well, but, but I mean, the, the... the general, there is not, right. Well, you know, we have a state, you know, federal system and, and states make family law and all that. But, but I mean, you know, if we just had the, the mindset, if we just had culturally, if we agreed that family separation, well, here's the thing, this is what I always like to say. If I went out 
uh, with, you know, with a microphone and did sort of that man on the street interview. Yeah. Right. And I said, word association. First thing that comes to your mind when I say the word adoption, people would say, of course, they'd say, good. good. Everybody thinks it's good. If I now said family separation, people would say, oh, bad, bad. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's it's all about the way it's presented. Yeah. And, you know, and if you listen to, as I have, hours and hours of industry propaganda, you will hear their twisted and often, you know, nonsensical approach <sighs> to adoption. He just reminded me. Yeah. I, I... It's, well, it's traumatic and it's beautiful. Mm. And I don't know how you square that. And I don't know why really we should even try. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you come right down to it, the only reason to justify this contradiction of, you know, participating in something that is both traumatic and beautiful, um, you know, the only reason to justify this is to provide infants to people for whatever reason who want them. We provide them infants. And then secondarily, it's so people who work in this industry can make a living. Yeah. There's so... You know, so I want to ask people in this film, you know, I want to ask people to consider, to consider this, that, you know, is there such a thing as too many adoptions? I mean, how do you, how do you square that? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and we don't even pretend to support family preservation when a mother changes her mind. Yeah. Fake. We refer to that as a failed adoption. I hate that. I hate that so much. I really do. It bothers me. I'm like, how about we change, reframe it and call it a success, you know, instead mm-hmm. of a failed adoption, because that exactly. that's not child centered, you know, exactly. adopting for infertility makes me crazy because I struggled with infertility myself. I have polycystic ovarian syndrome. Never, ever thought I was going to have a kid. I decided to not make it my life's goal to get pregnant. Right. Which I think when you make it your life's goal to get pregnant, that's when it becomes problematic, you know, because, you know, the process you have to go through to go get, you know, when you're trying, you know, people start writing down their temperature every morning. You're thinking about it every single day. You know, it can lead to obsessive thought patterns. And it's like, it's just just all about you and what you want, you know, and it's like, there's so many adoptees on TikTok that are making videos. They're like, the purpose of adoption was to provide a home for a child, not a child for a home. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. You know, and somehow that got flip-flopped, you know, during the baby scoop era, that whole mentality changed. Like, it's really fascinating. Do you, I'm sure you know about Crittenden, Florence Crittenden, yeah. Mother's Homes. Okay. I did a project for one of my classes about Florence Crittenden home. I had to interview the director. We have one here in West Virginia in Wheeling. There's still a Florence Crittenden home. Mm-hmm. And it was great. She provided me with this big packet that was a history of the Florence Crittenden home. And, you know, at this day, people probably hear it and they automatically just assume mother and baby home, like baby scoop, moms go in, babies come out, moms go out different way, you know. It's, but that's not how it started. You know, its original history of a mother and baby home was to help the moms keep their babies. That's right. And then somewhere along the line that got flipped, you know, 
And I really feel like Georgia Tan had a lot to do with the way that mentality changed, you know, because she had that belief that if you were poor, you couldn't be a good parent. Right. You know, and so somehow she was entitled to take babies from the poor and give them to the rich, like some kind of perverse, you know, Robin Hood kind of thing. Right. Right. And and of course, she got greedy and stuff like that. But yeah. it's it's a uh, it's it's just such a mess. <laughs> well, we, we do like to commodify things in this country. And, and again, I would suggest that that's in large part why we treat adoption infant adoption the way we do in this country versus the way they do in other countries is that here you know if you want something you can probably get it and that's our mentality that's our culture it's got to pay the price better you know for better or worse i mean you know there are examples of i'm sure you know where that philosophy you know, is, is a good thing. You know, people go after what they want and they build things and they, you know, whatever. I I don't, you know, subscribe to this philosophy very much. Um, But certainly when it comes to human beings, this is where that philosophy of, you know, commodification and, you know, you know, the ability to obtain anything you like Right. That philosophy should not apply to human beings. Nope. It's trafficking at that point. It is. It is. And, and that's like a lot of us will say, you know, adoption is legalized human trafficking. And people are like, you're crazy. Really? Right. We're exchanging a human being for dollars. So right. how is it not? You know, right. and then like what's really infuriating is knowing that there's moms out there, expectant moms that are in vulnerable situations. And that's the only reason they're considering adoption. Mm-hmm. And if they went to like their church or community center and tried to ask for a fundraiser, people would be like, oh, you know, get a job or whatever. Meanwhile, hopeful adopters can go and have a bake sale mm-hmm. to raise funds for their adoption. Mm-hmm. Like, What a fucked up double standard that is. Mm-hmm. Really, it's infuriating to me. You know, it is. It is. It's it's crazy. And I mean, they can buy insurance. Um, they can, you know, get loans for adoption. They can get time off of work. They can. I mean, we are absolutely an adoption centered culture. Yep. And again, it just boils down to, uh, you know, if you want something, we support you because you want it. And we want, you know, we, we love to watch you get what you want. I mean, that's a big part of our culture. That's the sensationalism of adoption in the media, you know, uh, the, the poor, the poor, you know, prospective adoptive parents are longing, longing. I mean, that's a, you know, that's a very good word. People really relate to that. They've gone Um, through so much. Yes. And and what I have found, um, not surprisingly, but one of the first things I found out as I started researching for this project was just how completely birth moms are just eradicated as quickly as possible. I mean, it depends. However quickly they, it can be done, you know, whether that's the day she gives birth or the day she signs the papers or whatever, she is just removed from the story. And the story continues. The journey continues. And it's yeah. all, you know, butterflies and rainbows and roses. And, you know, it's that's the these are the stories we want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Like I every time I see 
well i recently had to ha i had an epiphany but i get very deeply triggered anytime i see these videos on on um well it's usually on tiktok for me but when i see them and they're like oh we first met our son and this baby's being wheeled into a room and like i get like extremely angry and upset because especially if i make the mistake of looking at the comments because they're all positive unless my friends have already been in there and they're like yeah well what about the mom you know is anybody thinking about what the mom is going through right now you know right. or i'll comment things i'm like yes and on the other side of the wall there's a sad young girl crying you know because she's losing her child you know mm -hmm. and and the other thing is like so many you know okay social work is 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 responsible for a lot of it unfortunately they're they're the parents of adoption and um you know when you look into ethics and everything um as i've had to learn ethics and and social work speaks as this book of uh every three years they put out with these statements and everything in their ethics and in their policy is about keeping siblings together keeping families together you know um and 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 all that kind of stuff but it, it seems to get lost sometimes you know mm -hmm. because they still go work at adoption agencies and facilitated family separations right. and i did a i did a quick search the one time and in this local area how much do social workers working for cps get paid right. the salary the annual salary mm -hmm. for a year is in the 30,000s, okay? And this could be including the metropolitan area of Pittsburgh yeah. and stuff. But right. in about $35,000, $36,000 is what a CPS worker gets paid. They are called social workers, but most of them have temporary licenses because they don't pay enough for real social workers. So right. they'll take people that have any four-year degree and put them through some minimalistic training. Um, but then... Social workers, like, what do they make if they're working at an adoption agency? $78,000. Like, right. Wow. Twice. Right. So well, there then, you go. yeah, like, it's that like, wow. A lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, when really... people are paying their bills and paying their mortgage with, you know, this, you know, being a part of this industry. And that's why um, also one of my approaches to this is, you know, I'm not I'm not really interested in, in individuals or individual stories. I mean, I think a lot of that's been done. I think a lot of, you know, anybody who wants to hear about an individual adoptee's story or, or a birth mother or birth family, I want to focus on the industry. Yeah. Because, because you know, attacking or, or, you know, pointing fingers or showing the stories. I mean, we will have certainly we will have stories um, and we will have women talking about their experiences and experts and all that. But my point is it's not going to be exclusively about, you know, an individual journey. Sure. Um, I think we need to start talking about the industry at large. Yeah. And, and then the changes look, it's like with, with any social change, there will be people who will object Oh, well, I mean, they just have to figure out how to adjust. And throughout history, we have many, many examples of how that has happened. So, yes, there will be people who say, well, I make my living this way or this is a good thing or whatever. 
hopefully as a result of this film and of you know this this movement that I anticipate and and predict will come out of this um we will get real change uh there needs to be change to policies and laws and yes hearts and minds will change as a result but there's always going to be people who are going to go kicking and screaming yeah till they stop you know yeah. they'll finally just stop and go oh well we don't do this anymore yeah right social norms we're trying to change yeah. the social norm here right exactly yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not going to try to, you know, I'm, I I rarely get into like a one on one with people trying to convince them. Yeah, because, you know, I could convince 10 people tomorrow. Well, OK, that's 10 people. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I could spend my life going 10 people at a time. So, no, I just want to present the industry and let people make up their own minds. And I'm I'm confident that when people do understand what is happening that they will not support this any longer. So tell me about your team that you're working with on this project. Well, I mean, I have a, a first of all, I'm working with some um, film crew that I've worked with on and off for the last few years. And I'm very, you know, excited about that. Everybody seems really, um, you know, happy to be part of something that that they believe in and that they, and, and a lot of my crew, it's interesting too, because a lot of the people that I work with don't know much about this and they're learning about it as we, as we shoot and as we talk about, as they listen to interviews. So that's really interesting to me. Um, but, but the team, the creative team, the, um, you know, my consulting team, Katie Burns of the Family Preservation Project, and of course, Renee Gellin of Saving yeah. Our Sisters. Um, I mean, also Leslie McKinnon is a part of this, Mimi Janes, um, uh, uh, Marina Toons Nichols, the um, vice president of Cub, and, um, you know, so, and, and, and all of Cub, uh, most of the, are you familiar with Cub? Yes, I am, concerning What's, United Birth Parents. I didn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and, and there's just a whole community out there that is, you know, behind this. And I'm hoping that we'll continue to get behind it and that more and more people will, because we are starting our crowdfunding campaign in a couple of days. We've got everything, you know, pretty much our ducks are in a row. Um, and, and as soon as I, you know, as soon as we do the, the finishing touches, we can go ahead and launch the campaign. So, you know, I'm, I have this really, I think, great funding plan. Films are expensive. Mm -hmm. um, I'm probably looking at about $250,000 that I will need to raise to fund this film. Um, you know, that's going to be over the course of about six or eight months. And I do have a, you know, an incremental plan. So our first step is to raise, you know, we're looking to raise $25,000 on this crowdfunding campaign. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that will be successful and then we can move on, shoot throughout the summer and into the fall, at which time I will be raising more money. Um, I have a lot of grants that I'm, you know, going to go after and I'm very confident. I look, I will say this. I have worked on quite a few projects over the years. Um, I've been an activist for many years. Most of it has had to do with criminal justice reform. I mean, talk about a talk about a tough subject because people really don't care about criminals, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I have 
over the years, you know, so many times I've talked to people about different projects that I'm working on and you see them just kind of glaze over or they just kind of, you know, they look at their watch and they go, oh, listen, I'm sorry. I really have to go now. This is the first topic that I have told people about that without exception, everybody will stop and listen to me. Like they, like as soon as I start talking, they go, no, no wait, what are you, what is this about? Really? Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, frankly, it's it has been what's kept me going because I have I have um you know ended other projects before their completion before I mean, you know, just in the early stages where I'm like, well, you know what? This isn't viable. Like nobody's going to fund this, people aren't interested in this. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to put this on the shelf. Mm -hmm. Believe me, I have a whole shelf with a whole lot of projects on it. But anyway, but this is the one that I will say the first time that every single person. Now, of course, I started out a lot talking to people in the community. And of course, everybody in the community is, is very interested and very excited about it because they get it. But I've been working on this now for over a year. And so, of course, I've started to talk to other people, people that I want to get involved, people that I just am, you know, friends with and I'm, I want them to know they all stop and they say, well, tell me more. And every single person at the end of our conversation has said, I want to see this. I think you have something here. That's a very common comment that I get. Oh, you have something here. Yeah. People want to hear about this. That's amazing. It is. I, you I have I'm a, I'm sorry. Surprised. Do you know Barbara Raymond? I think it's Barbara Raymond. I, I don't. That name does not ring a bell. Wait a minute. I have to double check myself because I don't have the book in front of me and I have to make sure I say her name right. Um, It's probably backwards, but this is the book, The Baby Thief. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, I've seen that. I, I don't, I have not read it. Uh, you should. Um, okay. <laughs> It's amazing. Yes. She, uh, Barbara Raymond, it's all about Georgia Tan. Okay. Who is in my opinion, like the mother of the modern adoption industry. Mm -hmm. They it's modeled off of off of her practices in a way. Right. Um, they're more careful, you know, but it's still that coercion. Yes, yeah, she stole a lot of kids, but she also coerced a lot of people out of their kids. Right. And sold them for profit. Right. And she's the one who I believe with her, she did syndicated ads in mm -hmm. newspapers. I, I had a, a trial membership to newspapers.com and was able to find the same child advertised in probably nine or 10 different newspapers across the country at the same time. Wow. wow. Okay. She, there was this one um, where she was offering to give away 25 babies and children for Christmas. Wow. And that was syndicated across the country. <laughs> Right. Okay. And they're like, who's going to be, you know, and there's like a, an image of this little boy holding a ball. And wouldn't it be lovely to have a baby under the tree to play ball with? And I mean, like, really, she dug in and did the work and found out exactly why Memphis was the way it was when Georgia came there and was able to do what she did because she didn't do it by herself. When she got there, Boss Krupp was there. He was a very corrupt mayor. Um, he appointed Judge uh, Camille as a judge. Camille Kelly, 
As a judge, mm-hmm. she was never an attorney. She mm-hmm. was a socialite. Mm-hmm. So they all worked together. It was just ugly. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, Octavia Spencer bought the rights mm-hmm. to this book and is going nice. to hopefully put a film out. Nice. And it would be amazing yeah. if they could like be out around at the same time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. That'd be, yeah. I don't know when she's going to do something with it, but I, I told Barbara, I'm like, this needs to be like a mini series on right. Netflix or something because you can't tell the story in like one, two hour movie. They tried right. that back in the nineties and right. it leaves so much out of it. Right. So much out of it. But, um, right. Well, and, and that's the thing about all you have is love. I mean, when it's released and, and the plan is to release it in 2024. Yeah. I'm hoping that it will start a conversation mm-hmm. that, you know, th- that it will have legs, as we say, and yes. that, you know, journalists and writers and commentators, that people who will see it will then start to, having their own conversations, writing more articles. I mean, I know you you mentioned a few and I've read them all. Um, you know, there have been some great there has been some great journalism done around the adoption industry, but very little. Yeah, we need more. Done is good, but very little. I mean, if you didn't happen to run across this one time magazine article, well, you know, then you don't know. Right. I'm hoping that this film will spur that conversation. And I believe that it will. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's one of my goals is that the film will, will be a starter Mm-hmm. for this conversation that will need to sort of, you know, work its way into every nook and cranny of American life. And that's what I'm hoping will happen. Um, I don't know if you follow my page, but I shared a video there yesterday that I had made um, for TikTok. And it was reading, I'd been doing some digging on adoption and trauma. I was trying to find anything newer. I do this search every so often to see what I can find. I go through research papers and things. And um, I found this article on this website. It's heart to heart adoption out of Utah Mm -hmm. where they acknowledge that adoption is trauma, Mm -hmm. but they dismiss it Mm -hmm. so much. They're like, oh, you know, yes, we adopt. We acknowledge that adoption is trauma, but humans thrive in trauma. And it's like, what? You know, it, it's, oh, it's so appalling. I can't even, like, they're tactics. Like, you go to a website and you just get triggered immediately if you're adopted, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. But you can see how somebody who is naive and isolated and vulnerable can fall prey to their manipulative language, you know? And something else yeah. that's interesting I've found is a lot of first moms didn't get a copy of what they signed right right have you noticed that yes absolutely what is that like i thought if you signed a document you were entitled to a copy of it like right well you know again they're you know for the most part they're dealing with resourceless women women who i mean this experience of relinquishing your child again i would ask people to think about that those words for a second if 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 it's not hitting you the way it should, yeah. what does that mean? <laughs> you know, um, you've relinquished your baby. Yeah. So you're not in the greatest frame of mind. You're vulnerable. Yeah. So the last thing you're asking for is now, now, wait a minute, where were those papers I signed? Did I, where is that, is there a triplicate? Is there, do I get a copy? Nobody's thinking in those terms. Right. 
you're probably figuring out how you're going to get through the next 24 hours of your life. Yes. So, so they know this, you know, they know this, this is all part of the, you know, part of the business of it, um, how to handle these affairs so that, you know, nothing goes wrong, right? Don't give them the paper. We don't, they don't need to know about, you know, their, um, their um, right to revoke. Like that's the big part of it. That's what it is. They don't want women. They want them to go home, get, you know, deal with it however they have to. Yeah. And they don't even want to know, you know, just go home is basically what they're after. And then, you know, these papers, um, you know, revocation, what's that? We're not going to tell them about that. So it is, it's, it's just criminal. Um, it's vile. It's cruel. I think yeah. the, the word that works the best for me is it's just cruel and, you know, it's funny because I, I remember, again, early on in my research, having this thought and, and you know, it was tragic and funny all kind of at the same time. So I was listening to this one uh, social worker um, do a training, right, for um, uh, crisis pregnancy centers. And, you know, I mean, a lot of this stuff is available online. Some of it you really have to dig for, but I've found a lot of it. So I was listening. Mm-hmm. She's going through a whole long, it was about an hour and a half and, you know, everything's beautiful. And this is how you can, you know, talk to the mother. I mean, they don't say convince, you know, this is how you talk to the woman and blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, she gets to like this sort of little addendum and says, and I do need to mention that the need for therapy. And I want you to realize and be aware that, at you know, after the adoption, there may be a need for the birth mother to have therapy. And sometimes even the adoptee will need therapy. And sometimes it can be for quite a long period of time. So I remember, you know, then she wraps it up and she tells everybody, you know, thank you for coming and all that. I remember thinking, okay, you have an agreement, a contract, an agreement that involves three parties. Yeah. You're telling me that two of those parties, two of the three parties to this agreement may need lifelong therapy as a result of this. And I just thought, who thinks this is a good idea? Right. I I, I mean, most of the time, my, my most common reaction to the industry propaganda at the end of it is why, why are we doing this? You've just taken me through this whole long thing about how, you know, adoption is beautiful and, you know, um, families will be created and everybody's going to be happy. Well, yes, there is going to be trauma. That's a given. And, and most people, um, most entities today are, I mean, this is part of how they morph and how they, you know, bring themselves up into, you know, um, being respectable is to acknowledge things that everybody's talking about. So yes, there's going to be trauma. Everybody sort of agrees to that now. Yeah. But again, they have that, you know, that, that bizarre contradiction. Adoption is beautiful, but but there's going to be trauma. Okay. Right. So, So, you know, I think, I feel like, first of all, nobody's paying attention. Right. You know, again, we've mentioned, you know, a handful of articles here and there. And that's why this documentary, All You Have Is Love, will will really shine a light on what is happening and put it all in one place. 
you know, one convenient 90 minute documentary where people can watch from beginning to end what is happening. Because there's they so often, as, as I've done this research and really dug deeply into this, I'm struck with how often they say the quiet part right out loud. Oh, yeah. You know, why? Because nobody's paying attention. Right. So amongst themselves, they just talk. They just, you know, trauma and, and this and that. And well, you know, you don't want to do this and be careful when you do that. And I'm sitting there with just like, you should see me most of the time. I'm just probably sitting here like kind of pulling <laughs> on my face, you know, and my jaw is just dropped open. And I'm like, are you, did I just really? hear that? Yeah. Yeah. And the answer yeah. is yes, I did just hear it. Um. So yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're capturing a lot and we're listening and we're paying attention and then we will present it to the viewer so that they can make their own decision. Now, along the lines of that, like people aren't paying attention. We've got to figure out how to get them to want to watch your movie, you know, like. Well, I, I have the answer to that. You, you yeah. make it, you, you make it good. Well, Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, any filmmaker knows that the best way to get an audience is to make a good film. And I know, I know that might sound kind of silly, but but I'm also really serious about that. If it's good, if people, you know, word of mouth, and then if you also have industry folks, you know, entertainment industry folks, um, doing reviews and saying this is worth watching and it's engaging and you know, yes, yes, people will. I, I think it will spread, and I'm determined and committed to making this film good that's so. i mean yeah that's i of course i'm just saying because in like i know a lot of the public that i come across because they don't want to believe that it could be negative those are the people i'm talking about like how do we right. get them right. the people that well, want to adopt the people yeah. that you know it's all about their egos and what they're after that's like i'm just brainstorming that's all well like, well that's the, that's the thing and i and i kind of i i said this a little earlier i'm not sure you do get those people we don't need to get everybody sure if we just unless everybody's lying to me okay and we're talking over the course of my lifetime you know i don't <laughs> know how many how many hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people but unless they're all lying to me that they and they really do know about the industry and nobody I've ever talked to really understands what we're about to show them. Okay. You know, so so it's that fact alone that I think makes this a valuable um pursuit, this this yeah. product. So so once everybody is now educated, yes. And again, they have to make their own decision and I'm not at all delusional enough to think that everybody you know who watches it is going to go oh I've changed my mind right. no a lot of people will I mean a lot of people will not watch it okay or they might and they won't admit it I mean that happens a lot yeah um, or they they will watch it and go well that's a bunch of bunk and it's biased and it's this and it's that and okay they can that's what they're going to think and they can yeah. walk away thinking yeah. that but if the if the majority, even if just a majority of the people who claim that they don't know anything about this, watch this, learn and realize that family separation is, you know, not the way to go. It, yeah. You know, 
if, if people who watch this decide that they do not want to participate in family separation, I mean, I also think speaking of participating, I think that's a possible outcome as well. Yeah. It may be small. Again, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to think that this is going to be, you know, going to change everybody's mind, but there may be hopeful adoptive parents who watch this and say, you know what? I don't want to participate in this. I've changed my mind. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yes, absolutely. You know, just because there's two ways we're going to end this. And that is that people will stop participating in it. And two, we can change laws and policies that support it. And as yeah. you know, well, and I'm sure most of your listeners know well, this, our society supports this absolutely 110%. It's all about more adoptions. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I listen, I've talked to legislators who, who don't know what I'm talking about. Okay? Yeah. So many people so, have no clue what the yeah, agencies right. are like. Right. I mean, in my experience, and I, and maybe this is yours or maybe, you know, it's different, but in my experience, most people, when I start talking about adoption and they will stop me and tell me this, they think I'm talking about foster care. Oh yeah. You know, so, so I start talking and I see sort of a quizzical look on their face. And I, I know, I know where they're going and they'll kind of stop me and go, wait, 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 I'm confused. I thought there were all these children languishing, right? That's, you know, the word. <laughs> yep, that's um, the word they use a lot. Yeah, in foster care. And I have to stop them and say, right, there, there are, and it's a problem. And this is another, you know, this is a whole nother topic that, you know, I may end up addressing at some point in, in my career, but it's not part of this film. But I have to explain to them that there is an infant adoption industry that operates separately from what they're thinking of as the foster care system. Yep. And people don't even get that. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. There are so many, like, domestic infant adoptees on TikTok making videos and people were like, oh, so what are the kids supposed to just, like, be stuck in orphanages? And it's like, right. right. first of all, there's no right. orphanages in this country. Right. Secondly, we're talking about infant adoption, not foster care adoption. Right. Exactly. You know, and it's not the same thing. And they're like, well, what about all those unwanted babies? What, should they end right. up in a dumpster? And it's like, why is there only two right. options for you? Right. <laughs> you exactly. know? Exactly. Like, like Let's broaden perspective a little bit, you know, and then people will be like, well, I shouldn't have to give money to help somebody who spread their legs and irresponsibly got pregnant. And it's like, oh, my God, like these people say these things. And it's like, right. I'm sorry, you know, people birth control fails. People get pregnant by accident all the time. Sometimes they're right. assaulted, you know, right. like in and, and it's not their fault. And right. like like it's that mentality of it takes a village that used to exist is completely gone in our society right in most because of the nuclear family you know right. parents and kids single gener you know two generations in a household you know very few people have their grandparents living with them anymore you know that kind of it, it's changed and and it's really people are living in their own little bubbles right and not thinking about others and the greater good you know right well as a as a history teacher former history teacher i would suggest that 
you know, the U.S. has never been a place where that village has really thrived. We're, we're not, you know, I mean, that is that is a big part of our history is the whole, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstrap, rugged individualist. Yeah. I mean, for better or worse. Again, I'm not I'm not here to argue. I mean, I was sort of raised with that ethos, which is mm -hmm. it's and it's still, you know, very much creeps up for me some of the time, you know, in my own life. Like, well, I'm, you know, I'm tough. I can handle this and I don't need any help. And you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of the American way. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's why it makes perfect sense to me that an industry for infants would have emerged in, you know, a society such as ours and why it has not in other societies. Um, so that's just, it, to me, it makes perfect sense. And we just have to ask the American people, is this what you want? Because again, I mean, I, I, I guess I'll keep saying this um, because it's really the crux of the matter. As long as people don't know, <clears throat> then they can't they can't weigh in. They can't decide. And so my job, as I see it, is to educate, and then people will have to take sides, and that's what I want. And yes. you know, hopefully, the majority will say. Yeah, I didn't know. Now I do. And I'm not for family separation. And, you know, I just want to make clear, you know, what this film is about. Sure. Um, you know, we're not anti-adoption. If, you know, if there are situations where family separation is necessary, and we all know that, that that's, you know, few and far between, but it does happen. Well, then adoption is the right thing to have happen. Sure. But that is few. We we know from other countries, we know from our own experiences that that is few and far between. Family separation and adoption are the same thing. And mm -hmm. people don't, you, you know, they don't correlate those two things. So that's what I want from this yeah. film, for people to understand that adoption, good, means family separation, bad. Right. And you know, and then and then if that's the case, as long as, you know, once people agree to that, then we have to ask the question. So should we minimize family separation or are you OK with just an unlimited number of adoptions? And that's the question that people will have to answer for themselves. Right. 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 Yeah, I'm until the adoption laws change in this country where birth certificates are not altered and records are not sealed. Like, cause we only have 15 States now. Uh, the newest one, I forget, was it Oregon? I forget now um, that allow adult adoptees access their original birth certificate. I yeah. am anti-adoption. Yeah. I believe yeah. if a child has to have external care, if possible should still be with family and guardianship, should be established instead of altering the birth certificate because i really have an issue with that you know right. so th in that way yes i do believe that there are absolutely instances where kids need external care right but the birth certificate thing really eats at me absolutely and i agree with you 100 percent. and my personal philosophy while certainly a part of the film philosophy, the, the film has its own philosophy. Yes. Um, and, and that just is that, you know, I, I feel like the best way to explain it to an audience is to mm -hmm. say, 
This is not anti-adoption. So for whatever that means for you. It's education. Right. Well, it's pro-family preservation, period. It's pro-family preservation. And I think that if we can get people thinking in in those terms, that that will get us very far. And that's, that's one of the things I'm really trying to accomplish here is just to, you know, ask people to start thinking about being pro-family preservation. And then if they are, well, that means that they cannot be, you know, in favor of a for-profit infant adoption industry where people just get infants because why? Because they want them. Right, Um, right. Insanity. It's yes, (laughs) it is. It truly is. So what kind of research have you been doing? You said you've like sat in on these social worker thing what other kind of stuff have you been doing to oh, learn more about the industry I'm sure oh my gosh i mean for uh, over a year it's pretty much all i've been consuming um you know reading a lot of books going to a lot of um you know webinars um reading white papers and articles and um you know my goal is and i, I can't remember and we've done, we've done, I've done quite a few interviews already. Um, the thing is that so far, all of the interviews I've done were on Zoom mm-hmm. because, which I can't use in the film. I mean, they were for a couple of purposes. One, research. These were, you know, this was me doing research by talking to these, these moms and these experts. And, <clears throat> and then also as you, you, I don't know if you've watched the long version of the video. If if everybody who wants to see the videos can go to youtube.com slash at all you have is love. And there you will find all of the videos to date. And there will be more. There will be a lot more content um, aside from the, the feature film. So to go back to your question, um, you know, I've done these interviews and then I use that those Zoom um, recordings to put together the uh, um, the concept video, which then I have used to get people involved, you know, mm-hmm. and to show people this is what's possible. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I can't, I can't even begin to. Well, another here's another piece of the research, I guess, and and I guess I would recommend this to anybody who's interested. So, a big part of this story is that. You know, I, I was reunited with my birth mom, uh, with my mom, Gail, um, for about 15 years. And, you know, it was really slow going uh, for, for several reasons. But one, you know, I, I never wanted to really push her. I mean, I always thought we had more time. I wanted to enjoy being with her. I didn't want to be with her. And we, were, we really were only together a handful of times over that 15 years. We talked more on the phone than we did, uh, you know, to get together in person. But but regardless, I, I wanted to just enjoy the moment and not be there like, okay, so what happened on this day? And what, well, why did you do this? And what did you do? Now, I did get valuable information. I don't want to uh, imply that I didn't. But I just didn't dig really far because, again, I always thought that we'd have more time. And then she passed away suddenly, very, very suddenly. And, uh, of course, then those those unasked questions are now unanswered forever. Um, so a part of the film is is talking about that. The, the opening part of the film will be explaining that and that that's why 
you know, I went to Cub for those answers. I mean, mm -hmm. if you, you know, if you are interested in learning more about the Baby Scoop era moms, you know, going to Cub is very, very useful and valuable. You go mm -hmm. and you listen, you listen to people share and you learn a lot about what it was like for them back during the, the Baby Scoop era. But the other thing that was fascinating to me and that happened was that while I'm at Cub talking to women and listening and learning about the Baby Scoop era, what I was told is, but you got to pay attention to what's happening today. Yep. And I wasn't prepared for that. I, I was like, okay, wait, hold on. What's happening today? I mean, I knew my own feelings about adoption, but I was shocked to, to come to realize that even I didn't know what I needed to know about the industry today. Yes. Until now, until now I do, of course, because now, as I said, this is pretty much all I do is, is study and listen and learn about it. But, um, you know, take open adoption, for example. Huh. All, you know, all I knew was that I was the product of a closed adoption and how, you know, absolutely awful. I, I mean, there really aren't even words for how awful it is to have your identity taken mm -hmm. and then sealed and changed. You know, first it's taken, then they change it, and then they seal your original identity. How? Yep. How terrible, right? So coming from that, and then I heard about open adoption, and I thought, well, you know, I guess this is okay. I mean, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad they know. I, I'm glad they get to know their heritage and their ethnicity and all of that good stuff. Maybe. Well, it well, right. Well, it wasn't until I was educated, um, and and in large part for you know for this documentary. Uh, to the to the truth about open adoption, which is really that it's a lie. It's a you carrot know. on a stick. Yep. That's what I call and, it. And it's, and it's still like I, I've learned I've learned the baby scoop era never ended. It changed right. forms. Right. That's exactly right. As soon yeah. as the stigmatization of being an unwed mother kind of went away. And abortion became legal and access to birth control without your husband's signature became right. possible. These agencies were still here. They still needed their product. And so international adoption became popular and open adoption because that was a way for them to be like, well, at least you can pick the parents and you'll know where they are and you'll know right. that they're okay. And in the past, that wasn't possible. Right. And then, but what they don't tell them is it's not legally enforceable and the adoptive parents have all the control and they can close it up whenever they want. Right. And like, exactly. bah, just it's mind blowing. Like when you learn about that, you're like, it's just a tactic. Right, right. And and I will add that I've learned even more than that. So so that's the, the basic part that when I learned that, I thought, okay, I have now been educated. I now understand that open adoption is a lie. It's a it's a you know, it's a tactic. <clears throat> but then I also heard other mothers talk um about how difficult it is. So so even let's just say you have an open adoption that works and i'm using air quotes here mm -hmm. for our listeners but it's working right you know it's working the way it's designed to work which is you know everybody knows everybody and everybody's you know happy seems to be happy 
there are real problems with that because if you're the mother, if you're the birth mother, mm-hmm. it's traumatic to to go in and out, to visit, to go home. I mean, what I've heard, I, I don't know because I haven't experienced this, but I have heard just gut-wrenching stories about how difficult it is to be in an open adoption. Yeah. Now there's more, there's more. As an adoptee, when somebody mentioned this to me, it just about made me crazy. So it was it was mentioned. And what if there are siblings, mm-hmm. two adopted children, and now one of them's in an open adoption, one of them's in a semi-open or a cl- whatever, right? There's, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're talking about two different moms there. Mm-hmm. So, so it's going to be different. And I thought about, you know, I, I did have um, a, a brother, an older brother who was adopted um, several years before me. And, you know, he, he struggled his whole life. And um, it's a story that, you know, most people that who know me know about my brother, Larry, and how he died at the age of 45 of a drug overdose. Um, it wasn't suicide, but it, it, it might as well have been. He, he, you know, he had a slow suicide over his whole life. And he was, uh, behaviors. yeah, he, he just struggled um, his whole life, as I said. And if I had been if, if we had been in an open adoption, okay, in open adoptions, and let's say my birth mother had come to visit me and his didn't, mm-hmm. I would not have been able to tolerate that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved him. I knew how much he struggled or vice versa. You know, right. I'm sure it would have been the same had he had a mother who was able to come and visit and mine is that, well, where's my mother? You know, yeah. oh my God. So as soon as that, possibility was put before me I thought this is horrible I mean so so as far as I'm concerned right with that information I am now here to say that it is my opinion that there is no such thing as a workable good open adoption it shouldn't happen in fact I'd like to see it outlawed because what we know here's what we know we know that very, very few women relinquish their babies. Why? Because nobody wants to give up their baby. No. It's it's a sign of something that's gone terribly wrong and that and there's no help, you know. So then what they're they're told is you can have this open adoption and this is what makes it okay mm-hmm. for many women. Imagine if that was not an option. Imagine if every woman who was in a, um, you know, an unplanned pregnancy and and facing challenges was told, and by the way, this is going to be a closed adoption and the pay, and the records will be sealed and you won't know where your child is. And I'll, can you imagine how the numbers would drop from? Oh, the yeah, totally. Totally. So I would love to see, again, I'm doing the air quotes. Yes, you know, yes. Adoption outlawed. Yeah. So, so that's, you know, that's totally a, a goal of mine. And, and all of this will be addressed in the film, everything I just talked about, because this is the kind of thing that people do not understand. And when you think about it, why would they? Right. Again, I was an adoptee going, oh, open adoption. I don't know. That sounds that sounds better than what I had, you know. But right. In reality, once I learned and it took me about you know, one hour, right, to figure this out that, oh, I didn't realize, now I know. And and the other thing I like to say to people is that there's no such thing as an open adoption. The whole thing 
It's all smoke and mirrors. The yep. only legal adoption is a closed adoption. Now, if the, you know, if the parents uh, and then the adoptive parents and the agency share information, well, that's fine, but that's not legally binding. Right. Nothing legally binding. And those adoptive parents can move tomorrow and they can change their phone number. And I don't know if you've seen, you know, the uh, the concept video that I made, but, you know, the, I have an attorney talking about that and, and there are others. I, I couldn't. That's you what know, happened I mean, to Renee. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and, yeah. and there's, and that's what I'm talking about saying the quiet part out loud. Oh, yeah. I have other attorneys. I have other videos of people just blabbering about you know well don't worry about it and this and that and you're just again this is where I start pulling on my face you know (laughs) it's just it's it is mind-boggling I feel like I've been immersed now long enough that well I keep saying I I probably won't be shocked anymore but then but then I always am so I I guess I'm I guess I'm going to probably continue to be shocked but yeah yeah it's 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 horrible. And yeah, I just, we, we have to tell, we have to tell the truth about infant adoption in America. Yes. hundred percent. Absolutely. And like, I, you know, I, I've been, oh God, I, I have been involved in online adoption communities um, since I was searching and I went through reunion in 2001 um, so I would say I joined the group, my first group in 2000, and it was uh, an old Yahoo email group. And since then, I've been like all over and started advocating and just trying to talk to people online about adoption. And, um, you know, some people listen, but so many people have their defenses up and they just have that societal thing. They're just like blind to it they don't want to see it as a negative mm-hmm. and you know, some people y- you know will listen i have like every once in a while i will get a message in my inbox mm-hmm. of someone who was looking to adopt and they were like thank you you know we're mm-hmm. going to adopt now because we didn't understand and so like that's just like one every so often and i hope with your film that you get hundreds of those responses if not thousands you know and so tell me where you're going to be um doing your crowdfunding what what platform is that going to be on and of course we'll get the links and all the show notes um fabulous i really can find everything that you are you know wherever the website is and the uh, youtube link and your crowdfunding and anytime you change the fundraising let me know and i'll add it to the podcast um, show notes too so that new people that listen can find the updated um you know fundraising okay well i really really appreciate that um and 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 i'll give you all that in just a second but i just want to piggyback on what you just said one of the you know the power of film or television media whatever is that often you know you're sitting in a dark theater Mm-hmm. So you're alone and in your with your thoughts and you're watching or you're sitting at home in, you know, alone watching, you know, it's different than having a conversation with someone or having to be defensive. You can't mm-hmm. be, 
you know, and, and once you're done, you walk out of that dark theater into the light or you finish the show and you, you know, you sit down to eat dinner or whatever, and you then can really process what you've just been exposed to. Yeah. So again, I'm a big proponent of film, which is, I guess, why I chose it as um, something that I, I love to do and am passionate about. I also write, I am a writer, but I, I just, I think using film uh, is just such an effective way to get a message across. So um, I just want to point that out that, that I think it will, can have a really big impact. So onto the crowdfunding. So we're doing, uh, the platform is Seed and Spark. I don't have the URL like in front of me because we haven't, I have to, I have to, get brave enough to like click the launch button, right? Like we're, <laughs> we're, we're there. And, and actually after we're done, I'm going to go um, have a little meeting with, with some of the, uh, the brain trust. And we're going to talk about get, launching and getting, uh, getting everything underway. But, um, and then I'll be posting, you know, we'll be posting the link here. We'll give it to you and we'll have it all over social media. And we have lots of different plans for how to get the word out. Um, also, you can go to the website which is all you have is love.com. Uh, it needs to be updated. So, I mean, if, well, we'll, we'll talk about when you're going to post this, by the time you post this, um, uh, this interview, um, everything should be up and running. So we'll have the website redone and we will um, have all our social media up and running and you can sign up for the newsletter on the website. So that can help too, for you to get updates. You can also get updates on the Seed and Spark campaign page. Um, what else am I forgetting? Do you have any other? You can thoughts? donate through Saving Our Sisters too, right? You can, you can. Um, yes, yeah, so so we do have uh, the Saving Our Sisters 501c3, the ability to give a tax, um, you know, a, a tax, right off. So anybody who's looking for that um, deduction can donate. Uh, it, so the Seed and Spark campaign will allow for that too, if right. it is tax deductible. So anybody who donates through the Seed and Spark campaign, we are using Saving Our Sisters 501c3 as the umbrella, um, you know, for the, uh, the crowdfunding, for any funding. So yeah, you can definitely get a tax deduction. Okay. Yeah, I found out about this at the summit. Um, I went to the um, Untangling Our Roots Summit in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, where I finally got to meet Renee. I was so yeah. excited to meet her. And um, she was she had her uh, your papers and stuff all over her table. You know, right. and she's like, buy a t-shirt. It'll go to the movie. And so I did. I bought yeah. a t-shirt. And um, but yeah, she's so excited about this project and telling everybody. Yeah. And they did um show the docu the documentary at the summit the um i think it was the 20 minute video unfortunately i was i missed it because i was sitting far away from the screen they they had a very small screen in this very large room and right. so i kind of missed it because i was talking to people but renee was definitely spreading the word <laughs> yeah. well and i i just want to do a big shout out to mimi janes who was actually the one who printed i think it was 250 might have been more of those flyers one that you that you took and she brought them with her so um that's where renee got them yeah mimi's a dear friend and she's also uh you know she she's the one i call when i have been you know when my head starts to hurt and i just can't take it anymore um yeah there it is that's uh, <laughs> I still have it. Mimi, mimi made those copies and and took them you know 
put them in her suitcase and took them off to uh, to the summit. So I'm very grateful for that and for everybody's help. And anybody, you know, if you want to get involved, if you think you have something to, to bring to this project, I would love to talk with you. Um, you can reach me uh, in various ways. I mean, you can reach me at uh, Lisa at SeaChangeLA, SeaChangeLA.com. And all that, you know, you can put that in the show notes as well. Um, you can so you can email me. You can get me through the um, through the website. Uh, you know, just any way you want. Just try to contact me, and I will I will um, respond because I'm really looking. And I'd like I'd like for the community to be involved in this as much as possible, as much as people want to be. Because at the end of the day, I'm hoping that this will be something that the whole community will be proud of and will feel good about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know me and 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 this team telling the stories um and and educating about this topic so um please get involved if you if you're interested yeah i i um you were talking about the i just was thinking about the open adoption thing and there was a specific example i was talking to an adoptive mom who was going through that she had two kids open adoptions and the one child, the mom was involved and was there all the time. And the other one, the mom just couldn't handle it. So she didn't go visit. And that child was really, really struggling. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I just, I can't even, I can't even imagine it. I've heard that. I've heard that scenario several times. And I'm sure that there are many such cases. And again, when I first heard it, my mind went to my own family and mm-hmm. I thought, I would have been, I mean, things were bad enough. My gosh, to think of that being part of our, part of our scenario. I I, I don't know. I don't even want to, th- it makes me sick to think of what yeah. that would have done to my brother and, and how he would have felt, or as I said, vice versa. I mean, yeah. What a cruel, what a cruel situation to put children in. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've been witnessing one online, um, a first mom, she goes by first mom, birth mom advocate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she was just finally permitted. She was promised an open adoption. Didn't happen. She's been making content on TikTok for a couple of years now. And I guess the adoptive father saw it and they have now allowed open adoption. She's gotten to visit her daughter three times. Right. And every time she's anxious and excited when she's going to see her daughter. But then when it's over, she's just wrecked. Right. Wrecked. And it's like so amazing and beautiful. And I'm so happy for her, but it hurts yes. for me to see her go through so much pain when it ends. Like, I, I can't even imagine what that's like. Right. Right. And she's actually... This is, this is Siobhan. Yes. 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 She's actually in the, in the film. I mean, we didn't, you know, I have outstanding. Yeah. I have interviewed her on zoom. Um, I haven't really used that footage yet. I mean, I have interviewed people on zoom that, that nobody has seen the footage. It's just there. It was used for research purposes. Um, but these are all people who have agreed to, um, you know, do a formal interview for the film. So yeah, Siobhan, I'm going to Texas and I'm going to meet up with her at some point. We haven't, You know, look, I, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, a lot of it depends. Well, I mean, really all of it depends on funding, because as I already explained, yeah. you know, I do have an incremental plan. And, to, you know, if I don't meet each increment, 
it's really difficult to move on to the next one. So sure. I'm really hoping that this first, um, this first crowd, I, you know, I've been basically self-funding up until now. Yeah. Uh, and you know, this is it. I've got as far as I can go. And now it's time to get, um, to Help. get funds to move forward. All right. Well, I, um, well, definitely, you know, my podcast is very small, but I will do what I can to promote. Um, I will share it everywhere because I do. I use Twitter. I use TikTok. I use Instagram and Facebook. And I will try to encourage people to share as much. We'll use the power of social media to get the word out. Yes. Because that's, that's what needs to happen here so that you can find the people that got the bucks that can help, you know. Yes, Jen. They're out there. Much. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for this opportunity. This was really fun. I really enjoyed talking with you today. I'm I'm glad. It's it's a big deal to me. Like it's not like I don't have like money to support people's projects myself. And like when I first got the idea to start a podcast, like I, I no idea what I was doing. Still really don't. I just wing it. Now I actually have a good microphone. <laughs> I didn't even have that initially. I was doing it on my phone and I only did a couple episodes and I'm like, this isn't working. Right. And, but when I got the idea, like originally when you would look up podcasts and adoption, they were all by adopters. Yeah. Like yep. how to get a baby, how to deal with these behavior issues, how to da da da. And like, and I'm like, why is there nothing out there for adoptees? And then adoptees on came on the scene and uh, who am I really? And there's, there's so many now and I'm so glad, you know? Right. So, um, but yeah, I, and it'd be good if you can talk to Haley Radke. She has adoptees on podcast. She I is have. a huge podcast. I, I have, I think, um, if I recall, I might have to look back in my notes that she she just doesn't have anything available for quite a few months. Okay. So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna revisit. But yeah, I'm definitely going to be um meeting with her and appearing on her podcast. Yeah, it's wonderful. I love Adoptees On. I've learned a lot from it. And um yeah, yeah. there's a lot of them now, or I should say several, and and I'm grateful for that. It's uh yeah. it's really nice that we are asking people to listen to us for a change. Yes, yes, exactly. So, all right. Well, I'm very glad that we were able to have this conversation. Yeah. So thank you for being on. And like I said, we'll do everything we can to promote this because it's really important. All right, Jen. Thank you so much. Thank you.